Mm. I see some people are waiting. To restream, we're on Mixer and Periscope. <laughs> All the tabs picking up the stream. All right. Uh, this is getting going just a little early. We'll uh, I'll start talking. For sure, for sure, at one uh, at two o'clock or so. Um, but yeah, say hi in the chat. I'll say hi back. We'll make sure everything's running. Don't know. Hi, Mark. Hi, ha Tabletronics. Th hi, Timon from Twitch. Thanks for. Testing that out. DCD says, good afternoon in Discord. Indeed. It's quite rainy here. I'm excited. Uh, talking with Nina today, so that's going to be really good. So we've got a Discord server that we can chat all week for from. Uh, some of you are already there, but if you want to join and you haven't yet, you can go to the URL adafru.it slash Discord. I just realized that I can't see my audio meter, which would be nice. I've got like windows on windows. It's so weird. <laughs> Hi, G GD Hamp. I just got my micro USB breakout so I can start working with the ESP32 S2 and CircuitPython, soldering the headers now. Awesome. Hi, Johnny. Hi, RVNYT. Uh, you almost had me there with no audio. Everybody would have corrected me, though, or corrected you. Awesome. How's everybody doing on this Friday? It is pretty rainy all day here. Good morning, Unexpected Maker. I have more S2 news than I thought. Oh, I should add that to my list. I didn't even... It's going to be a shorter stream than it was, um, when it, than it usually is. Uh, Alan says, I'm looking forward to Lamore's extra sensory perception course. I don't know. She's pretty good. I don't know if she can just teach it. Um, yeah, so this stream, I think I'm going to shoot for an hour uh, because I'm streaming in, in two hours with Nina uh, for her stream, The Python Talks. Um Tommy says, hi, daddy. So pointless. Timon says, it's the sunniest day in a while here in Germany and only one for quite a while. Next week is supposed to be thunderstorms literally every day. Oof. We don't get thunderstorms here that often. I'm in Seattle, Kareen. Seattle, Washington. It's actually like days like today where it's rainy all day are like not that not that common. But I had a another guy that works for Adafruit work lives up here as well and he was pointing out that uh June is usually January where it's like pretty rainy all June. 
yeah, so um, two hours from now, I'll be streaming with Nina on her uh, URL. And let me just pull, the, I'll pull that up so that I can post it in, post it in the chats here. Give her some shout outs. That's my first item of uh, housekeeping as well. So, oh, those are, those look neat. RGM asks, uh, hi, Scott, have you used Rust for anything? I haven't. I, I want to. Um, I think what Rust is doing is really, really uh, fascinating. So uh, we've actually borrowed, and I've followed the Rust community for a long time, and we borrowed a, borrowed a lot of the things that the Rust community does for the CircuitPython community, and it's worked really well. So um, yeah, I love it. I, I'm, I'm hoping that somebody who knows Rust will figure out how to like write uh, native modules for CircuitPython in Rust, and I'd, I'd love to move over towards that. That would be super cool. So if you know Rust, that's my pitch, is is figure out how to integrate Rust into our build system and so, so that we can make uh, native modules with Rust rather than C. I think that's the place I would start. <laughs> yeah, Unexpected Maker says it's raining. Last week it was so hot you were drinking iced water. Planet is imploding. Correct. Um, I have no ice in my water today. Uh, it is like not a bad temperature, uh, but it's like I could run a t-shirt and shorts, but um, it's definitely, definitely not super hot. And I have shorts on now too. But... Hi, Arturo. <laughs> Mark's played around with rest as well. All right. Uh, as you can see, if you have questions, feel free to uh, ask them uh, of me. I'm happy to answer them. I think uh, typically the, the structure of this stream has turned out to be like a half an hour of updates and then an hour and a half of coding and, and experimenting with stuff. Uh, because I'm doing Nina's stream at four and there's like, I got to get set up with her um, prior to that. My goal is to, to do this just for an hour um so that i have time to like not talk for a little while <laughs> and then jump in and get that all set up so uh that's the plan uh i know those of you in europe it'll be kind of late for you but uh hopefully you can watch it later uh she is planning on putting those on her youtube channel as well um mr certainly asks is that right now or after your deep dive it is after my deep dive it's at four o'clock so it's two hours from now mr certainly and i'll be on it i'll be on the one at uh, in two hours uh, so this is gonna i'm gonna just shoot for an hour and i think i was thinking about it and i think i actually have enough updates that i could just talk through stuff for an hour which as you know from these deep dives i can talk about a lot of stuff so uh yeah that's the deal uh let's see uh let's do housekeeping uh besides the nina thing that's the first thing um Discord, for those of you who just joined the stream, um, you can go to adafru.it slash discord. That's our short link that'll drop you into the Adafruit Discord. We're there all week. Uh, you can chat with us. It's super fun. Uh, it's been going for years now, uh, which is great. Um, uh, I'm sponsored by Adafruit to work on CircuitPython, and if I get distracted, they still pay me, which is awesome. So uh, go to adafruit.com and support them, which supports me. Uh, buy some neat hardware and uh, they are shipping now just be realize that they don't have their full staff on site all the time uh, to 
to mitigate or to reduce the amount of like overlap that people have. Um, so just remember that like your order may be a bit slower than it normally is. Although I, I guess I, I did an order last week and it came or earlier this week, it came pretty quickly. Um, oh yeah, no starts late. Uh, yeah, Mark, I forgot. It's fine. I never actually edit the video to start with a starts late <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, so I think, uh, you know, be patient if your order doesn't ship the Im immediately, but um, it's not too bad. So uh, if you want to support us, that's a great way. If you can't find or Adafruit.com doesn't have something in stock, go on to digikey.com. If you're on Adafruit.com, there's a button to just link to the product on Digikey. It's super easy. And Digikey is great. They've supported Adafruit a lot and they ship out really quickly as well. Um, and then lastly, heads up on the cat. Uh, those of you who know... Um, Spook is one of my two cats, and he's always sleeping kind of down behind me, and he does uh, have seizures from time to time. So uh, if you start, if you see him hissing, and I, suddenly I mute it, and I'm like not paying attention anymore, that's what's going on. It takes about, you know, five minutes tops just to make sure that he doesn't hurt himself, and then I'll hop back on, and, and we'll go off and away. Hi, Ricardo. Okay, so... Um, that's the housekeeping. Again, if you have questions in the chat, I'm happy to just chit chat. Um, and again, uh, in just under two hours, I'll be doing a, a chat with Nina as well. Um, Nina is a Pythonista who works for Microsoft, does a lot of awesome stuff. So, uh, and that crowd will be some more Pythonistas as well, which is cool. Um, so, since Unexpected Maker was here, let's talk about this first. So, let me. One of the things I got in the Adafruit order is this. Maybe I didn't set up the overhead, so sorry that it's like it's not focusing. Uh, those of you who don't know, this is the uh, Unexpected Maker's Feather S2 in its like beautiful blurry form. Oh, that's kind of okay. Um, got this in the mail. Uh, Unexpected Maker's sent it to Adafruit, and then I made a an order from Adafruit and got it back in. Um, I do have a board definition for this. It's in, uh, I don't know if it's checked in, but it, it'll be in my bus IO branch just because, or maybe I should move it. But I'm pretty bad about like, if I do something while I'm doing something else, I, I sometimes overlap the two. Um, I did figure out, thanks to Ivan, how to load directly using the native USB, which was great. So thanks, uh, as always, to Ivan for, for being okay with me pinging him and asking a question. Um, that's been good. Uh, thank you to Unexpected Maker for helping me out as well, giving me access to the schematics so that I can get the pin mappings and reminding me that I have to hit reset after I load it. Um, so that's been pretty exciting. And that's the first proper feather form factor thing. Uh, I gave like one or two pieces of feedback on the pin mapping, but no major flags and came up and stuff, which was exciting. Uh, let me get my chat windows all orchestrated again. Um, Quarky says, hello, hello. And then Arturo182 says, Scott is spy next in line for ESP32 S2. I threw together a quick and dirty CircuitPython spy driver for my custom board today because I wanted to test the ST7789 with DisplayO and it works. Okay. Please share that with me. <laughs> Hi, Yanni. Um, so 
let's I did you art. Your art was pretty easy. Um, I did you art on Tuesday. I kind of went heads down and I got it working. I've only actually tested receiving. Um, but I have on my desk here, let me just unplug it. Hi, Adam Fighter. Um, I have my like feather stack thing that I did. So this is a Sola. And then on the back, I've got a GPS feather wing. And that's stacked on the like adapter board that I made. My, my video is wonky. is unhappy does my video look bad to you it's just um adam fighter says does the feather use the esp32 yes the green feather i just showed is from uh, unexpected maker and it is the okay audio and video are good thanks adam um this feather does use the esp32 s2 and it's from unexpected maker and i've got to put this video away <laughs> i can't watch it it's it is not very responsive. Um, yeah, so UART was easy, relatively easy. I The most challenging parts were like some of the more advanced features that we've added to UART since. Um, Mark says it is out of sync. All right, the YouTube folks say it's out of sync. DCD says it's okay on Twitch, but it looks to me like it's an OBS. Like, it's just not super fast. You know, I did, <laughs> I had the CircuitPython device plugged in and I just unplugged it and it may, it may have made my USB like unhappy or something. I wonder if I can just, Hide the webcam. Okay, Adam and Timon say I'm out of sync now too. Yeah, so you're delayed. It's like better? Is that better? Uh, it's, out of sync, but not terrible. I don't know why it's out of sync. It could be that I have Skype open. Let me quit Skype. And Inkscape's open, that might make it. I wonder if it's the actual device or. Oh, you know, OBS is taking 110% of my CPU. So I may have messed it up. Yeah, I could just make my. Um, I'll just make myself smaller. You can hear me fine, right? I'll just be out of sync at the bottom now. Yeah, I think OBS is slightly unhappy. I think that's the problem. Like I, I, I pulled the USB stuff and like when you mess up with the USB stuff, that's kind of annoying. Um, so I think, I, sorry, just don't watch the video too closely. Uh, I don't want to, like, I could restart and stuff, but we're already, like, a quarter of the way through. <laughs> it 
Yeah, Steve, Steven points out something similar, saying, perfect time to go to the overhead cam, then we can't tell if it's out of sync. Luca says, audio and stream still out of sync, but it's not that bad, honestly. Yeah, I'm sorry. This is what happens. <laughs> Luca says, greetings from Brazil. Hi. Thanks for joining us. Um, you know what? I can even... if. If it bothers you having me in the corner out of sync, I can actually just turn, I could turn that video off as well. Although it looks better. It looks better to me now, actually. Um, so Anecdata asks, uh, Anecdata asks, is Unexpected Maker's Feather ESPS 32S2 publicly available? It is not yet. No, it's a pre-release. And in fact, the board says pre-release on it. Um, and I know that there's at least one, um, there's at least one pin change that he's going to make before it becomes available. DCD, thanks. It sounds like the smaller video is like better. So. Yeah, it still says OBS is taking like over 100% of CPU, but we'll go with it. Shouldn't be as big of a deal. All good. Sweet. Okay. Um, so we were talking about Spy. Ah, there we go. Here, let me share this. Um, since I was talking about it, if you want to get on the wait list for the Feather um, S2 that I just showed from Unexpected Maker, not from Adafruit, uh, although I bet we'll, we may carry it. Uh, I'll just post that link in all the chats. Just snagged it from the Discord from Unexpected Maker. Um, yeah, I got lots of updates to do, and, and uh, Arturo lead me, led me right to uh, Spy. So um, I did UART. I tested it with GPS, which is, I think, largely what people use it for. The harder parts were the more advanced features, like the RS um I think it's RS-485 support, um, which has like a, a different way of doing the transmissions that I've never actually tested or played around with. But it's like something that we had and it's something that um, the ESP docs documented. So I, I tried to do that. So um, if folks want to help me out and you use UART, um, please, please uh, check out my ESP32S2 bus IO branch, test it, let me know. Um, those of you who have followed me, you know, I, I rely on other people to really do thorough testing. So, um, let me know if you have, uh, issues with the UART stuff. Um, uh, but even if there are, I'll probably get it checked in anyway. So that's UART. Um, maybe I should even just chuck it off my list. Okay. I did this. I made a list earlier. Um, and let's, I forgot the spy stuff. So, uh, Arturo asked, uh, Arturo asked about when Spy was going to be done. And yes, Spy is next. Like, Spy is the remainder. So, Bus.io is actually four. It's uh, UART, I2C, Spy, and OneWire. But OneWire we've done just with bit banging. Um, and that is... Uh, should be fine once we get our timing stuff in. Um and I was looking at Spy. I was reading up on it yesterday. I really wanted to go heads down, but I had a meeting and the PlayStation 5 thing was 
Yeah, I couldn't help but watch that. Um, so I, I kind of just like, I've been getting very distracted and, and I'll talk about the election calendar stuff that's been distracting me later. Um, so yeah, Arturo, please link me to it. Um, the challenge that I found was that looking at the, let's, I even have it in a tab here so we can focus on this. Reese, you made it. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm curious, I'm curious how you did it, Arturo. Um, and do, do, do. Sorry, I just got a DM and I like, the, I guess it's off screen. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so in the Discord, Unexpected Maker is talking about just the pin switch for I2C. Um, there seems to be a limit on the max chunk size per transaction, 72 bytes, but I also skip DMA because then I think the buffer has to be in DMAable memory. Yeah, so I think this is the first part, first driver that we're really going to see, like having to be specific about where our buffers are, uh, which I think is really interesting. And um, it's kind of like filed in the back of my brain to think about. It is something like when I was first starting these streams and I talked about like all the different components that I was thinking about, like the RTOS was one, the build system was another, and the memory structure was another. Um, I definitely think that like, we're starting to do that. Um, but the thing that got me and that my brain kind of had to, like, again, file away and kind of like stew on it. Uh, there's a lot of things like that. There's a, somebody was asking about the OLED display. Um, it's not out yet. Don't ask. But the, another thing I got in the order from Adafruit this week was this. Um, let me switch back to my screen, even though it's going to be. I mean, maybe I'm caught up, but uh, this is a 128 by 64 screen, OLED screen for a Featherwing. Um, and Lamora started to do the CircuitPython driver, but it uh, it's a very weird chip. There's a couple things weird about it that make it more difficult to do. So I asked her about like what the timeline was and it's basically like not super urgent, um, so it's again, it's one of those other things that's like in the back of my brain thinking about. There's a couple weird things. I know I'm rambling, but that's okay. That's how it goes. Um, the uh, the OLED on here is an SH1107 uh, IC driver chip. It does a couple weird things. Uh, it's like three different things. The column address, the start column address is sp split across two different commands. So like there's three bits in one and four bits in the other of the address. Um, RGM asks, is the OLED one bit color? Um, yes, I, yes it is, yeah. There are some other OLEDs that we supported that our drivers were only one bit color, but the, the actual IC was like two or four. Um, so with the CircuitPython drivers, I tried to get those to be um, to actually like do the few bits that it had, uh, which is kind of neat. Um, so yeah, if, if you, that's one of, 
my other things is like when we produce displays, we don't always like really advertise the driver IC chip. But the driver IC is the thing with the RAM that that actually controls like each of the lines out to the elements or the pixels of the display, um, which I think is worth kind of talking about. Um, so that was one of the weird things. Uh, another weird thing is that for both column and row, the values of it are actually packed into the byte, the command byte itself. Whereas on the other OLEDs that I've done, it's like a byte to say set the column and then another byte that says like what the column number is. And then the last thing about it is that it actually, most of the displays that we support also allow you to say like what region you're updating. So it's actually like a start and an end column and row so that when you like feed it memory, it wraps just within that sub area. Um, whereas uh, with this, it's actually just a start address and then it just wraps across the whole uh, memory boundary. So that made me also think of the, um, the sharp memory displays. These are really interesting displays because they are um, like trans reflective, I think is the word, but basically there's no backlight um, and it looks really good in the sun. And these, these displays are interesting because you basically tell it what row you want to update and then you produce, you provide all of the pixels for the entire row. Um, and so that's been interesting and something that I've kind of wanted to do. So I've, kind of filed the sharp memory like I reread the the data sheet for that and I kind of filed it alongside the digging that I had done for the SH1107 so that's something I'm going to have to do in the next like month um but not immediately and uh let me just I'll just tease this there's another reason I want to do the sharp memory display and it's because I have one of these um which is a developer preview of an upcoming handheld called the Playdate. Um, so yeah, teaser. Transflective, Arturo says. All right, let's go back to talking about Spy. Um, so Arturo just said, heckin' ugly Spy hack. <laughs> Um, I'll take a look at that later. Um, so the weird thing is, or the, the challenge with using the ESP spy driver as is, is that it really actually follows the model that we have in CircuitPython, but at the level that we implement at the Py we, we implement it at the Python level. And that model is this idea of like tracking all of the separate devices you have on a shared bus. So, um, that's kind of what they're talking about here for the ESP. Oh, wait, wait, can you see? Can't see my screen. Spy versus spy. Every time I pull up my OBS, I have to like re-click the sequence of browser windows I have for all the chats. <laughs> so many chats. Um, yeah, so I think what my plan is, is the very, the driver level of the ESP32 or the ESP IDF is, has this notion of, um, it handles 
like queuing commands to devices and getting results from devices uh, on the spy stuff. And it also includes like switching. Um, <laughs> it's I pronounce it SPI. Yeah. Whatever. We all know what we're talking about. Um, so this is interesting, right? Like in CircuitPython, we have bus device and it manages like when an, when a spy device is active, it also sets all of the configuration parameters. So like what the baud rate is and uh, what polarity and phase and all that. And I like that driver model. <laughs> Too young for that game reference, apparently. Apparently I am. What, what system was that? What system was spy versus spy on? Um, yeah, so th this is the challenge, is that that the C-level API that we have in CircuitPython is kind of not driver, or not device-oriented, whereas the C-level that the ESP IDF pro provides is device-oriented, which kind of, like, makes it really awkward for us to work with because... Um, <laughs> it uh it's awkward for us to work with because we could like come up with a fake device but we don't actually know like how many devices we have because we at, at the level that our api is at we don't know and maybe i should just pull that up as well so if we look at core modules Bus IO spy. I think we looked at this before, right? Um, but like the bus is just pins. And if we look at spy, that's the case as well, I think. Uh, whoa, cache stuff. I need to read this some more. Timing considerations. <laughs> I don't think I read all the way through this before I started working on it. Um, yeah, so there's this like bus initialization. There's this bus init initialization and um, that's kind of the level that we work at, but um, there's also then so the bus initialization just has like the pin stuff, which is nice, and then a max transfer size and some interrupt stuff. And then, um, but most of the driver level is at this device level. Um, hi, Alvaro. So that's been like, it, it's a problem. It, it, it makes it awkward for us. Um, this is a great API for C stuff, but we've chosen to push that. Like one thing we could think about is moving bus device into native land. I think maybe we want to do that for speed in particular, but I don't want to kind of couple those two things together. Um, <laughs> Arturo says, I see we have different approaches on coding. You read docs. I just take the example code and hit it with a hammer until it works. And then Johnny says, quote, if all you got is a hammer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd like to I'd like to see um, 
I'd like to, I'll take a look at your stuff. Yeah, and Mark says, didn't we all learn, like, that code, that Tanuk doesn't like looking at the example code, even if it works? <laughs> After I spent an hour debugging I squared C, not looking at it. Anik Data asked, is there a reason not to get the IPEX version of the ESP32-S2 module? Same price seems to also have onboard antenna. I, I don't know. Unexpected Maker is probably the best person to answer that. <laughs> Timon says, I have Arturo's approach as well. Yeah, I, I would have thought that would have been my approach, but like clearly that is not the case. I think it depends on how you learn, like the, the thing that you're using, like I've kind of started from the docs to begin with and they worked out, right? Like I haven't been betrayed by the docs yet. So, so I'm okay starting there. And I do like, as, as you could tell from what I've been talking about, I do like this approach of like preload everything in my brain and let my brain kind of like subconsciously figure out exactly how I want to organize everything. Um, but yeah, so I think this, this device um, API is quite challenging to use um, for ah. yeah so I think it's going to be challenging for us to use directly I'll I'll, I'll have to take a, have to take a look at what Arturo did um, yeah, Mark says, I read the docs that the example doesn't work. And Arturo points out, I think it's because I'm so used to lack lack of or bad quality of docs for stuff that I don't trust them. Yeah. <laughs> Unexpected Maker says, I have no idea about the modules and I don't use them anyway. It's bare silicon or bust. <laughs> and then... Um, Fede to our Alvaro points out also that um, when we're talking about like the terminology for slaves and masters uh, that we had last week or the week before um, points out that open ZFS has patched their nomenclature already uh, saying quote, the patch removed references to slaves and replaced them with dependents, which is interesting. I think it's interesting that um, people are picking different names for different cases. And I, um, there was, uh, some discussion on the Zephyr Slack about this and people had proposed like names that were like actually better names, not just less charged, like politically charged names as well. So it's like, that's a win-win. Like we should do that. Um, so yeah, I think, I think it's good. I think it's, we should, we should rethink our terminology in general. And if, uh, term is charged in particular we should we should think even harder about it um i renamed uh yeah that's a another random thing <laughs> i'm just rambling i'm sorry uh i renamed circuit python's main branch to main instead of master so if you need to get the latest of circuit python you want to check out the main branch now not the master branch um and everything i think should be updated for that yeah, and I pushed it to my own fork, too. 
I think I had to because I I had there was one GitHub actions that we had to that I had to update for the different thing. Quirky points out I like reading docs when I'm bored. Yeah. I think some docs are pretty interesting. Okay, so so my goal is at this point I've been really distracted um both on the on the stream and just in general. Um my goal with spy is to do it on Tuesday. So it's Friday today. I don't work the weekend. Um, Monday is packed with meetings usually and just catching up from the weekend. So my goal is to go heads down on Tuesday with Spy, just like I went heads down on um, on Tuesday last week about York. And with Spy, I think I'm going to take the approach of actually being one level lower than the driver stuff. As I was looking through it, there's a how layer underneath that has a caveat that says like this is going to change. Uh, but it also has the the nice property that it's not tied to the operating system. So I think so I think that's the better level for us to operate in. Um, it doesn't have docs like this. It has uh, like docs in the files, but um, pretty straightforward. And I can use the driver like the driver uses the HAL layer. So that's my plan for spy. Um, I'll take a look at how Artero did it, but I think that's kind of what I decided in terms of how I'm going to approach it. Just because like we already have this notion of driver or of devices on the bus and I don't want to like have to undo that in the, in between. Um, <laughs> Arturo says three different chats to follow and reply to not surprise Scott has problems focusing. <laughs> Mark says at first I struggled to understand the master slave discussion because I didn't really associate them with words with bad history. But it's really made me think, and I totally see how bad it is. Glad to see things change and hope it changes in other areas too. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's... If it prompts better terminology, it prompts better terminology, whether you, whether you agree or disagree with the fact that the terms are charged. I think better terminology is better terminology. Um... And, and if that's a forcing function for us to come up with better names, I think that's totally worth it. <laughs> David Watts says, all right, kid, I'm back to watch another stream I totally don't understand, but fully support. Welcome back, David. Okay, uh, running through my list, um, it's 2.35, so we've got plenty of time. Um... It's going to be a shorter stream than normal. I'll just reiterate. I'm streaming with Nina at 4 o'clock, so that's like an hour and a half or so from now. Um, that's on twitch.tv slash NNJAIO. Um, so subscribe to Nina. How am I? Oh, subscribe is different. I'm following. Right. Whew. Um, so I'll be on that at four. So this is going to, I'm going to keep this stream short because I'm talking for an hour. I just don't want to talk for like three hours straight. That would be terrible. Um, Anecdata says, what's the strategy for merging ESP32 S2 commits into the Adafruit repo? Um, automatic builds are plus plus, uh, please. So... Right, if you want to get an auto... I'm being bad. Generally, you should have small PRs that you get regularly in. Um, everything that's checked into the circuit 
Python repo should have automatic builds with them. Um, I don't know if the ones in mine are. Oh, come on. How is a company communist? Like, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Um, can you still see that on the chat? <sighs> people, people, people. Quarky says, Nina is cool. Heard a couple of interviews with her. Yeah, she's super cool. And now she's going to be interviewing me. We're going to have lots to talk about. It's going to be good. And catch up on. So I don't know. Does does my branch actually build everything? I think it might actually. It doesn't go to our S3. Um, and I broke it. But yeah, so. <laughs> um, so Anic Data, I think you can actually snag them here if they build correctly. Yeah. Another link displayed. Oh, DCD, thank you. <laughs> David Watts asked, is that a wild Arturo 182? And Arturo replied, nope, a domesticated one. Is Twitch still 720p? I don't know, but my video camera is definitely not doing 1080p. So that could be part of the problem. I don't even remember if you're seeing. Okay. I should be, I should be sharing 1080. <laughs> Arturo's just trolling me by chatting in all the chats all at once. Uh, yeah, so uh, who is asking that? Anecdata, uh, you can check my builds on my branch if you want them auto-built. They should work just fine. Which is a reasonable segue to talk about another thing I wanted to talk about. And... Uh, that is Tack, who um, I think I think it goes by Tack. Um, he works on uh, Tiny USB primarily, and like all of the Arduino stuff for Adafruit. Uh, but he's the originator of Tiny USB, and he's been working on the UF2 bootloader for the ESP32S2. Um, if you have seen it before, Muffin Blueberry says Twitch is 1080p. Oh, nice. I see what you... Thank you, Arturo, for pushing the, the comment off the screen. <laughs> um, I blocked it from Restream, but I don't know if that actually works. I don't have the Twitch native chat open. So there's this UF2 ESP32S2, and I just, just got it working um, earlier today. It doesn't have the double tap right now, but I... So we looked into this. If you've used UF2 on other boards, you can just double tap the reset button and uh, we can detect that and uh, boot into the bootloader instead of booting into the, the kind of normal code. And the way that that works is there's actually a delay in the bootloader where we wait like a few hundred milliseconds and we basically are waiting for a reset. So. What we do is, as we boot up, we before the delay, we check the value of a piece of RAM, 
And if it's a magic number, we know this state in the bootloader. Um, then we set it to that magic number and we wait for a few hundred milliseconds. Um, yeah. Yeah, I need to push tack on not using TinyUF2. I think we should use TinyUF2. Um, there were some issues when we were first doing NRF52840 where like the blinking, uh, the LED patterns and stuff were not the same between like SAMD and NRF. And like, we just need to use TinyUF2. I'm going to push them on it. Uh, like we need the identical experience. And uh, that's tricky on the circle back, um, pop off the, the stack. Um, turns out that reset logic is not possible in the ESP32 S2. And the reason that is is because you're setting a piece of memory and then you're waiting. And then after that time period, you set the memory back to something that's not the, the indicator to go in the bootloader and then you start up. Um, and so what happens is that if in that wait period you hit a reset and then you start up again, you see the value that says like stay in the bootloader. That's how you know you got a double tap. Um, but the uh, reset button on uh, the ESP32 S2 and like the the straight up pin uh, on the chip is not actually it's or it's a it's a very thorough reset button and that it simply turns off the power to the entire chip, um, which includes the memory and the memory powered by the chip. So if you have a PS RAM externally, uh, it can still be powered by the chip, the regulators in the ESP. So. Um, you have this challenge that uh, you can't actually store a value. <laughs> you can't store a value at all uh, across a the pressing of the reset button because the reset button is actually turning everything off. Sander says hello from uh, from Twitter. And I'm a, as you as you've known as you've seen. I'm a stickler for having a consistent user experience regardless of the chip. And um, that's why, well, the way that the Espressif does it is that like all the boards, and again, I just hid my screen. Um, all of the boards have two buttons uh, on them, one, two. One is a reset and one is a boot zero. So like what you would do is you would hold boot and then hit reset and it would go into the bootloader. Um, and that's a different experience from what we've kind of established with all these other chips. So um, let's see. Let me get the chat back up. Where was that? Would use uh, Alvaro asks, would using the low power cores help here? No, because they're tied. Um, they're tied to the same power line. I think. Like I. Thought about that, but I think it's all one big switch. Like it's one big power switch, which makes sense given like you may want an external chip to manage the power, the low power nature of ESP. Like it's nice to have a thing that just turns it all off, but it would also be nice to have a reset line <laughs> that didn't turn it all off. Um, and to his credit, I think Ivan actually did test it because, like, you know, there is a delay as things discharge. Um, so theoretically, if like that reset pulse is short enough, you may be able to actually like preserve some state. But even then, it's kind of funny because like some of the state may be okay and some of it not. Blah blah blah. 
So I just soldered this up and basically the conclusion that I had with Ivan and I, I need to figure out is to use a capacitor and a resistor. <laughs> um, so I, this is a board that I made for actually doing pull-ups, uh, but it's literally just a, a one microfarad capacitor with a, a 100K resistor to drain it. And my idea is that um, in that period where you set a value, you set, literally set the, um, that's literally what, or you like literally like set a pin with a capacitor high. And then in that waiting period, you leave it high. At the end, you set it low. Um, of course, if you started up and it was already high, you just go into the bootloader. And it's basically like one bit of state that we can have that won't be so like suspect or, or, or uh, it, it won't be ruined by the, the reset button. So I'm going to play around with that. I just soldered it up. I haven't had a time to test it. There are things that you can change about like how fast the capacitor drains um, that I'll have to play around with. But I, I really hope that like, like Lamore hasn't designed feathers yet for the ESP32 S2. So, and I was talking with Unexpected Maker about it as well. My hope is that there's like two common resistor capacitor values that we can just throw on a pin that we're not using and use it as Arturo says, as one bit memory. Um, there's a slight chance there would be a way for us to like accidentally start into the bootloader. Um, given that like you don't necessarily know the state of of that but yeah it, it, it's pretty interesting and i'm gonna play around with it even if it's kind of hard to double tap I, i'd be okay with it um because with circuit python at least there's a way to uh reboot into the bootloader from the code and that should be doable with esp32 s2 because if you do a reset from within there are there's like a software reset you can do that doesn't like clear all your memory and do all that um so yeah i'm gonna play around with that uh next week okay arturo has a board too so yeah and this is the time right this is something that needs to be done soon so somebody else wants to try this too please do and let me know um the thing to think about is that the so if you're charging the capacitor up like the moment you hit the reset button power is going to be off that pin and I have the, the resistor tied to ground, so it's going to start draining, right? And um, you have to, we have to make sure that, that as it drains, it stays in a, in a high state over the duration of the reset press. So how long you actually press the button plus the time that it takes to actually boot up um, and basically get to the point where we check it again. So uh, figuring that out is going to be a little tricky. I think like this has a 100K resistor, but we could probably put a 1 meg resistor on, uh, which would make it slower to drain. And uh, that is a 1 meg resistor is something that we do, I think, use when we do um, like basic touch stuff. Um, we basically like it drains it so slowly that you can like actually start to measure the capacitance. Um, with how long it takes to drain through a high resistor like that. So um, it's exciting. UF2's exciting. Uh, Tax done some good work there and thought more about um, like the partition scheme. We talked about this a little bit and 
we weren't going to have a factory app in the way that we set it up with CircuitPython. But um, it turns out, or um, the way that TAC decided to do it is basically the factory partition of the ESP32-S2 will be the UF2 bootloader, which makes total sense. So um, the UF2 bootloader will then load into OTA1 uh, as it is now, but I think it actually might be better to actually follow the OTA like alternate pattern. Um, and then you could potentially like actually revert from a UF2 updated thing, um, which should be kind of interesting. So yeah, that's exciting. I um, also, let me show my sublime text. So I just also um, changed the build. Uh, so as of whenever I check this in and push it, we'll be able to build a firmware.uf2. So uh, that's why I changed the alt target to build both the bin and the uf2. The bin won't include the bin won't include the bootloader. Um, it'll work, but it'll work like it's always worked. Um, but then uh, I also added this rule to create the uf2 file, and it. Um, wait, are you okay? You're looking at that good. So I had to change the family name to whatever tag put in the file, and it starts at zero zero offset, and that's because the bootloader is managing like where it's offsetting into. So uh, TAC has a, a good readme on here that just says like, make sure you do it to, to zero offset. And here's the partition table that he's laid out. So uh, if anybody has uh, thoughts about what this partition table should be, please reach out to us uh, because this is gonna kind of, I think, set the tone for uh, both the Arduino support and the, and the CircuitPython support because we won't, we won't really want to switch the partition table between different projects. So um, just like figuring out the reset, the double click to reset button stuff uh, is something to do now. Figuring out the partition table is another thing to do now. Um, Alvaro says, I hope designing the ESP32-S2 Feather from the more ends up in a stream. I loved the DigiKey plus Circuit Playground ones. Yeah, we'll have to uh, suggest that to her. I don't know exactly what her timeline is. I think if I had to guess, she's actually hedging. <laughs> she's waiting for me, is my guess. It's a mix. It's probably a mix of waiting for me and just wanting to catch up to being really behind in manufacturing. Um, and I know that they are working on AdaBox as well. So like, we got a little time before that happens. All right, it's two fifty-one. I want to get here out of here in the next ten or. 15 minutes so that I can stop talking for a little while. Um, I talked about UF2. It's exciting. I talked about RC circuits for the double click. Uh, the last thing I wanted to talk about was just an update from last week. Uh, I said I was being really distracted. And, and the reason I've been distracted is, as you could probably guess, the election calendar stuff that I was doing. Um, it's like very much uh, election season here in the US. Uh, we have primary elections that are happening uh, kind of at a state level, so they don't happen all in one day. And so, like, uh, last Tuesday there was some, and then two, like, a week from Tuesday there's there's some more. I could pull up my calendar, but then I'd show you other stuff too. Um, actually, I can show you. So one thing you could do is 
Oh, I don't have a link to it on here. I thought I did. Um, no, I don't. But there's a all voter. We now have JSON files. Johnny says I also I miss Lamore live streaming. She's been doing a little bit of stuff, just not anything long. They're busy. And like, yeah, everybody's just distracted. And like in Adafruit HQ, I think Phil and Lamora have been taking the late shift. They're like trying to stagger it some more so that like people have less overlap. Um, so I have JSON files now on the election calendar because some people wanted to do Pi Portal projects. So um, basically, you know, for whatever state or county, um, you can now get it in, you can get an HTTP link to the ICS file. Um, <laughs> don't worry, Mark, you'll get there. Uh, Mark says, nice site, but needs more stars and stripes and animated GIFs. You lost me at animated GIFs, but stars and stripes, I agree with you. And I'll, I'll show you that for just a little bit. Um, I also have CSV files, um, of just the upcoming days, kind of like for whatever scope you are and JSON files as well. So if you want to pull it down and, and, and do that, that's uh, easy to do now. Um, I don't know why name is null. Name, name should not be null. <laughs> There's always more work to do on this. Um, let's see. So yeah, there's there's been a lot happening. There was a primary last Tuesday in Georgia there, it was in like five or six states, but the one in Georgia in particular did not go that well. Um, there was a lot under construction gift. Um, the Georgia primary in particular, there was a 20-minute a, a podcast story about, and there was all these discussions of like people not being registered when they thought they should be registered, people waiting in line, long lines to get access to actually the machine that you vote on. And that kind of got me fired up again to, to continue to work on this stuff. Um, one of the things I've been wanting to do, I did the JSON stuff because we wanted to build a project with it. So that's available. Um, and I started to get some more data about uh, like other deadlines related to elections. Like, is a pandemic going on? And so you should really not have to go to a polling place to vote. So a lot of states where you typically do are allowing you to vote my, by mail instead. So that date, uh, that registration for, for voting by mail is like a, one of those critical deadlines that people may, may not know about. Um, and I wanted to like make it more accessible. So I've been doing some work on that. So there's, there's work to continue to do that of like getting more dates in here. And then the other thing is uh, the stars and stripes that Mark was talking about. Um, I, I, one of the things that I think is going to really kind of advertise the site and get knowledge of the site out, but also the knowledge that it's trying to, to convey out is this idea of once you share a link, you get a nice image with some information in it and a link. And in some cases it will have a link back to where you get it. So like if you're on Instagram, the link will be in the image so that like even if you can't post an image with it, you'll still see it. If it's on Twitter, we don't need to put the the URL in the image. We can just put it next to it or whatever. It'll be next to it. Um, and 
uh, I showed this on show and tell. I got a volunteer tie to help out with it uh, with the HTML and CSS. But he was asking me last night, like they were asking me, like, what do you want it to look like? And I was like, better. I want it to look better. Like, what does that mean? What does it look like? Who knows? Uh, so they were very patient with me and I kind of like that got my brain going. So the last thing I have here, you may have spotted it, is an Inkscape file where I was playing around with kind of what I want it to look like. Let me double check that you can see it. So this is kind of a mock-up I did. Like it's not perfectly aligned. The fonts, the font is the default font. I want to play around with different fonts. Uh, but this is kind of what I was thinking. Uh, for the image that you would see. So like it would show you the state and the county that you're in. It would give you one kind of summary sentence about what the deadline is and then the date, the day. And then uh, here you have like a clue as to the next thing, the next deadline that you have for it. And, um, and uh, a URL to, to get more information. This is the logo I'm thinking. And I have a bigger version further up in the file. I basically came up with this stars and stripe uh, kind of background pattern. So it's not like not super, super forward, but it's like stars, blue stars here, which in the American flag, it's blue and white stars. And then the stripes are red and white stripes. Um, but I, I wanted to use the white for something else. So I, and so I kind of just chose to like, do two dual tone of like blues and reds. And uh, I think with like dark and light modes for the site and stuff, I'll like invert those things too, depending on whether it's lighter, like a light mode or dark mode. And then I think this is the kind of logo. It's super simple, but um, it I think it's simple enough to look good small. I think this one needs like a little bit of a like white border around it just because it's on so dark that the blue gets lost. Um, but I think that's kind of like, that'll be the fave icon as well. And then I just was playing around with like the different like little bits of blurbs about, um, awesome. Oh, Arterial just posts a bunch of <laughs> Wikipedia links about it. Yeah, schedule and results. Yeah, I should actually use that as a data source and cross-reference it. I don't actually want to support the party-run ones. I actually want to try to keep this like less partisan. Um, so can I send over the SVG? Yeah, I could send you the SVG. Um, I'll just drop it in. Let's see, where did I save it? There you go. So yeah, that's, um, I'm starting to like where this is going. Um, I think I was getting in the weeds of getting it like pixel perfect where I want it. But I think at this point I need to create like a Python script that gen spits these out for me. And then with that Python script, I'll be able to like iterate on the font, the sizing and like the exact placement of everything. Um, and I'll be able to kind of see how it impacts all the different states and all the different counties as well. Um, and then uh, Alvaro has been... <laughs> yeah. Arturo says, I didn't know there was party and non-party ones. Um, 
Yeah, and then says the U.S. voting process is super confusing. I agree 100% that it's super confusing. Um, yeah, so political parties are not actually government organizations. So in theory, they should all run their own elections to decide who their candidate is. In practice, state governments can choose or decide to basically run the primaries on behalf of the party so um that would that's kind of how it works here and there's some ways of like you have to say like which party affiliation you have so that you don't vote for like you don't vote for the person you think will lose for the political party you disagree with um but it it varies state to state like political parties in different states choose to do primaries differently as well like there's actually caucuses in some you may have heard that in some states have caucuses where like people physically get together and like move around a room um (laughs) whereas like in washington where i'm at it's all done uh this is actually the first time our our democratic primary was done just with voting um so yeah i agree it's it's very confusing and throw that into the fact that there's a pandemic and lots of it's changing really quickly so that's you know that's why I think this site is important and this site's valuable is that like if people subscribe to a calendar we can update the date when the date changes we can update the deadline when the deadline changes and provide additional information as we get it um so yeah I think that's that's the hope um and I agree with you that it's super confusing but uh I'll probably spend more time on this this weekend now that I have kind of a theme going I want to bring that back to the website um Iowa 2020 caucus. Um, Yeah, so I want to start bringing this theme kind of more places and playing around with it. Like, these are the patterns for the stars and the stripes that I want to bring into, like, the web, like, figure out how to do it using CSS to tile a pattern and stuff like that Um, to make that easier. Pick a font, which would be good. Yeah, thank you for holding back those sarcastic comments. And thanks to everybody who wants to help us with our our voting system. (laughs) Um, This is a design I was playing around with for like evoking calendar a bit more. Um, But I don't think it's I don't think it's that great. So, yeah, I think this is the, you know, close to the branding that I'll have uh, going forwards for the election calendar stuff. So expect to see that start to kind of leak out. I was also looking at the Twilio API, which allows like you to do SMS messaging, which I think would be kind of neat. Um, so yeah, I I think that's about it. Are there any other questions before I call it a day? Mm-mm-mm-mm. Quirky says the stripes are a bit hard to see. Stars look fine. Although maybe because I'm very mildly red-green colorblind. Ah, interesting. That's good feedback. Um, I could, I can see that, and I could definitely tweak it. Um, I didn't want to make final judgments on what colors I use. Like, these are close to the colors, but, like, the feedback, like you're saying, like, that's really good feedback to just know that, like, I need to tweak the difference in the reds just a little bit more. And I didn't want to do it in this case because it's like all a bunch of separate elements. But when I have like something that auto generates it and like you get the colors from one place, that would be way easier to to play around with and and uh, figure out exactly like which which reds and stuff I want to use.
<laughs> ah, Alvaro says, I also researched on the onion, the dot onion alternative URL. GitHub doesn't seem to have a gateway and couldn't find a service for it. Setting a meta tag is very simple. It's on the hosting side. Awesome. Alvaro is also on the queue for Nina's stream. Great. Well, um, what do I say to wrap up usually? Uh, this has been a deep dive with me, more just like not diving so tight. I guess this was the the uh, shallow end of the deep dives, but uh, we covered a lot of ground, talked about a lot of different things that were going on. And uh, if you want to get involved in any of it, I recommend going to the Adafruit Discord server, which is adafru.it slash discord. I think I can switch back my camera. That's okay. Um, please, please, please support Adafruit. Order stuff at adafruit.com. They pay me. They pay lots of other really great folks to do lots of open source hardware and software, which is great. Um, they are shipping orders to do that. And uh, otherwise, I think I'll be back next uh, Friday. Uh, check the Adafruit blog. I've been blogging, trying to blog like by the end of Thursday so that like Australians can see it before they go to bed because they wake up to this. Um <laughs> And uh, yeah, thanks for all for hanging out um, and stick around. I'll be talking with Nina in just under an hour. Uh, that's twitch.tv slash N-N-J-A-I-O. Um, and I can drop that in the chat again too. So love to see you all there and get your questions ready. So if you, if you have... Yep, Corky asks to repeat the name. I'll do you one better and post the link. <laughs> David says that new yet unscheduled display looks promising. Yeah, I'm excited to get it working. It does not work right now, and it does not look very good. It just loads up with random bit state. Um, it's a kind of a weird, a weird one. All right, and with that, I'll call it a day, and I'll talk with uh, Nina and you all in just uh, just a little while. So stick around for that. Thanks, all. <laughs>